1: Everybody, it's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs Twenty Four Seven. With me, Rusty Mansell, and uh, listen, (laughs) I'll take take blame. All on me. I'm not going to point any fingers. But me and Rusty just did about five, six minutes, maybe more. We're just might have been shouting at each other. And Stephen A. Just imagine it was like Stephen A. and Skip back in the day. Oh man, where we were podcasting, we were live showing on YouTube. But we weren't, you know, it was just us on computer screens, looking at each other, getting after each other.
0: Just a a a walkthrough. Yeah,
1: we we did a little quick walkthrough. We actually answered a couple of these questions before we answered these questions that we got going on in the mailbag. Uh, Listen, a little bit of a different show today. Um, We're going to do picks at the end of this episode. This is our last podcast before game day. Uh, This week, we're also going to do two next week with it being Thanksgiving uh, break and all of us kind of running around and doing our things with our families. Um, So that's kind of the schedule here. We're going to do also mailbag on the first half picks on the second half. And uh, that's how it's going to go. So, Rusty, let's jump in to these mailbag questions here. Just right off the bat and Scuffle Town Dog says which class of 2023 prospects might be
0: leaning to Georgia? Well, I think you start with Madden Sanker, a twenty twenty-three offensive lineman in South Paul in Georgia, worked him out a couple of times. Um, I think he, he's a state heavyweight wrestling champion in six A division. So, you know, he was Dylan Fairchild won seven A last year. Madden Sanker won six A as a sophomore, big strong kid, probably gonna wind up being a guard, uh, maybe even a center. Uh, Justice Haynes is everybody talks about him, son of Varon Haynes, yeah. former Georgia, you know, running back and you know, he's doing his due diligence. He's going around seeing places. I think he was in Notre Dame two weeks ago, Ohio State again. I think, uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's gonna be hard to not see him playing in Athens. I'll touch on this guy. I'll touch on two guys, two more guys. Uh Vic Burley is a guy, Warner Robbins, a defensive lineman, big six five kid. I think Georgia really, really is in on harm hard on him. Trey Scott was down there a couple of weeks ago. You'll get a chance to see him Friday night on TV, uh, play in the Round of 16 against Cartersville. It's a state championship rematch in 5A in Georgia. We will have that game live on TV. I'll tweet out all the links. You can watch that. But Vic Burley is a major, major Georgia target. They're in a big battle with Clemson right there. Clemson trying to really lock in on him. So uh, Arch Manning, that's the guy everybody wants to talk about. Uh, Not predicting him to Georgia, but I will say this, that Georgia has just as good as any opportunities. any of the schools that are recruiting him really, really hard. He's been here multiple times. His family likes it. Uh, they feel good with the Todd Monk and offense. Kirby's, you know, I don't think it's really documented too much, but Kirby and Peyton Manning are pretty close. Uh, they they communicate a lot. Um, and so he's got ties there. Matt Luke has ties with Eli at Ole Miss. There's a lot of intangibles there that, that you know, ultimately is helping to stay in this thing. So we'll see where it goes. But Arch Manning's a major, major target everybody talks about, it, and is doing a really good job early on there.
1: Rusty, what about uh, what about John Aguero and and I'll, what about uh, Lebas Overton? Uh, you know, I know those are two big time guys in the class. What a, I hate to ambush you with a couple names there, but what do you think about those two
0: guys? Uh, it's LT Overton's easier to pronounce for me. He's a guy that I think George is really, really trying to lock in. There's a lot of rumors on him whether he would reclassify or not. As far as I know, he's not. I mean, that could change, but, you know, right now, I think he's going to finish up his senior season at Milton. Georgia's definitely uh, Dan Lanning and those guys. Dan Lanning was at his game a couple weeks ago. So he's a big time target. Uh, Aguirre is a guy that I love, man, on tape. I mean, I absolutely love him. I crystal balled him to Georgia or or I was going to yesterday. So I will today if I haven't. You know, I, I think, you know, if he was a 2022 man, he would be a monster. Get like Georgia needs him right now. I absolutely love him. Go watch his tape and He's moving back home up to um, Massachusetts, moving back home so he can be around his family one more time, one more season before he goes uh, to school of his choice next December. But, you know, the one thing, Jake, I think we can be fairly certain on, um, you know, whether it's one, two, three, or four, George is going to always have a big time recruiting class under Kirby Smart. Um, And I think at the end of the day, it's about uh, filling needs and who you're filling them with, not just getting a running back, getting the running back you want, getting the defensive alignment you want. So more often than not, under Kirby Smart, they're getting it done. And I expect this class to be strong, got a chance to finish number one, which I didn't think would happen in May. And uh, they already got some really good momentum in 2023 moving forward.
1: So uh we had a little quick question from a from a uh guy I, it flashed off my screen. I think it was Brian Carey too. So he wanted to know how we figured out we weren't live. I mean, the guy who keeps us straight all the time, Jordan let us know we weren't live. Jordan We were,
0: we were Jordan. rolling. We were rolling. Straw that,
1: straw that stirs the drink, man. Jordan let us know. It's my fault. I mean, we were all rolling on me. Uh <laughs> all right. Next question You my boy Baloo, like Buck Baloo. What uh? What did Kirby and staff do differently this offseason se- season to facilitate more connection amongst the team? Uh, it feels like we haven't had any let had a letdown spot yet, despite the f- off field incidents, injuries, quarterback situation, primarily due to ke- team chemistry. Uh, this was actually pretty well documented. Uh, the very first time we met with Kirby, and I don't know if it was like typical national signing day, traditional national signing day, or or or, or if it was whatever. But the first time we met with him after the Peach Bowl was in the books. That's the first thing out of his mouth. Connection, skull sessions, uh players uh, sitting down with their position coach, sitting down in groups, sitting down with other position gr- uh, groups and other coaches, mixing and matching. All of that happened. And, uh, you know, listen, there's a little something different every offseason. And you're always, I don't want to say skeptical because it's not that serious to me. You know, it's not that oh, well, they say they're doing something else, and it's not really like that. It's more of a, you know, you ask yourself, what does this really even mean? You know, I mean, you have to. Uh, I think that, you know, that uh, I guess skeptical is the right word. I just don't want it to seem quite that harsh. But, you know, you just wonder, is this going to make an impact? Does this really mean anything? Is this really different? Um, But I feel like you can definitely see that within this team. And Rusty and I have talked about this on previous podcasts about, you know, Rusty was talking about going into the season – how much this team liked it these guys liked each other and how much they were and and i talked about how you know i've I've spoken to people talked about the chemistry within the staff there's a lot of chemistry on this team um you can hear it when nolan smith just out of the blue decides to basically call the media to the table and say hey listen see what you guys write about stetson bennett and you're wrong Um, you know they stand up for one another Uh, there's there's a brotherhood there. There's a lot of connection there. And uh, and I think that helps you as a football team, especially when you check off so many other boxes like Georgia does with talent, with experience, um, with, with needs being met via the transfer portal, add all that together, throw some chemistry and connection in there. And, and you end up with a pretty good team.
0: I'll say this Jake too. I mean, it's, you know, whatever they do, I and mean, that's nice. I can say that, but at some point you either have it or you don't. Right. Um, and, it, and if, it, if, if, If it worked every year, they would do the same thing every year to to, to create that chemistry. Uh, Obviously, 2017 had it with those guys, those leaders. You know, this team, we felt very confident. Everything we heard this summer, we felt very confident that this team had that type of chemistry. And they do have that type of chemistry. It doesn't mean you're going to have it next year, and it doesn't mean you can force it. It's not something you can – you can't purchase it, you can't manufacture it. It happens. It just happens in Georgia – has that chemistry and it starts with senior leaders. And you got guys like Jordan Davis and Jamari Sawyer, and those guys, and they came back for a reason. They came back to win. Uh, so they were very focused in the offseason. Those guys had NFL grades. They could have rolled out, could have done what they wanted to do and leave, but they came back for a reason. So you throw in a guy like Kobe Dean, who, oh, by the way, is like a 4.2 GPA, uh, an yeah. academic, freaking academic super freak.
1: Catfish and pasta.
0: Yeah, you know, all that stuff. I mean, you get all that stuff together, man. I mean, it just, it's just a recipe for success. So, you know, I don't buy so much in that. Everybody tries to get that. End of the day, you either have it or you don't, and this team's got it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the connection by itself and a dollar will buy you a Coke. Okay. um You need, you need talent, you need good coaching you need depth, you need a good roster, you need all of that stuff. Um, And I'll say this too, Rusty, I don't want to diminish what Georgia's done, but, you know, you go through that little three-game stretch or four-game stretch Georgia has in October, and you lose two or three in a row, and that connection gets tested and maybe even broken down. So winning helps it. So it's one of those things where you basically put a foundation in place, and if you get the thing rolling – then it snowballs in a very good way for you. And I think that's kind of what Georgia's had happen to them. And, you know, Rusty, we're covering a team that's probably going to go undefeated in the regular season. And that's, uh, you know, probably going to win 11 straight games by three scores or more. Uh, Miller, sixteen I'm talking about we got these things teed up perfectly for the way we're alternating them. Uh, Rusty, are we UGA still in it for Shamar James? Things to seem to have gone quiet, which what, what you say.
0: Uh, I've learned to never say never with, with, with Georgia. So, um, I, I, think definitely Georgia is involved there. Uh, Glenn Schumann's a guy that's lead recruiter there. Uh, you want to see when he gets back on campus. Cause you you're, you've got, you know, I'm working on our visit list for this weekend and it's a noon game and it's Charleston Southern. It's not easy to get here and those types of things, but this is Georgia's last opportunity to have those guys here for a game day experience. So a little later today on dogs 247, I will put out the visit list and we'll see who, I, who all we've confirmed being there. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not confirmed Smar James yet, but if he makes it, that, that would say a lot for Georgia. Um, Travis Hunter, you know, he just shows up whenever. So that's the next question I always get. I don't know if he'll be there or not either. He's been there twice and we didn't have that either time. So um, we'll, we'll see who shows up this weekend. And, but you know, for me, the clock's ticking. Uh, I called it yesterday It's tough decision time so who is going to get in this class uh, better get on campus and you'll start seeing some guys show up and then uh, and I think we'll have a pretty impressive list as opposed to what I thought it would be 2 weeks ago All
1: right uh Darklaw um mean, man these names Dark Darklopdog, Klopp dog Klopp dog 21 you think James Cook should get more touches You know I'm I'm a huge fan of what James Cook's been doing this season and I think that James Cook deserves a lot of credit because he's gotten himself he's gotten better and he's running with more balance and more toughness and more physicality than he ever has before. But I also think that there's there's a there due to his running style and the type of running back he is, there's kind of a little bit of a mesh point there. There's like a point of diminishing returns where if you start pounding the rock with him or if you start you know trying to get him in the game and running so much to the edge and and you know you don't sufficiently use him as a decoy or as a as a guy that can kind of you know on the field where teams have to pay attention to him and you get it to somebody else i think he starts to lose his effectiveness a little bit now Kirby smart hit on this yesterday and i and i always hesitate to do this cuz i don't want to come across as somebody that's trying to take something away from a player but if you go back and you watch that florida game or i'm not the florida game that, that tennessee game Notice that when James Cook gets the football, and I don't know why it is, I don't know if teams are stretched more horizontally and they're having to worry about other things, but where that run is supposed to hit, it usually hits. Or James Cook has to make one cut to get there, and the hole is there, and he does the rest, and he does a fantastic job of it. And, you know, there's there's something about the way George is using him right now that makes me think that he's kind of in a sweet spot. That, you know, those – 13, 15, 17 maybe touches a game is exactly where he needs to be used. Um, James Cook is impacting Georgia's offense when he's on the field when he doesn't touch the ball because he is the kind of guy that has a two games of 100 total yards this year. one against Arkansas I believe it was and another one against uh, uh, against Tennessee last week and there's three touchdowns but I think James I think right around that 15 carry plus or minus you know 15 carries right there is is right where james cook needs to be and and i'm really impressed with the way he's playing right now and i uh, i think that as long as he is getting these opportunities and exploiting them you've kind of got to ride him a little bit and give him a chance to uh show what he can do um all right rusty let's get to one more here and then we'll go to our uh, youtube folk hunker down says how does kirby use these next two weeks to prepare for georgia and bama i got to take on this one but i want to hear yours as well
0: uh you do periods you take about four or five periods per practice and say, this is what Alabama does. Uh, this is what we've seen. This is how we'll adjust to this formation and they would never in a trillion years, uh, ever, uh, uh admit to that because you just can't, but yeah. I would bet my mortgage that Georgia's using at least three periods, uh, the next week and next week alone to uh, prepare for Alabama and, uh, formations and stuff but you basically start showing groupings, uh, you don't get too far into it, but this is how we're going to line up versus this bunch. This is how we'll line up here. Uh, so you do those things. So um, you can bet this that Alabama worked a little bit on Georgia last week against New Mexico yeah. State. So yeah. it's, it's just the way it is, and coaches never admit that, but that that is the reality of what they do, and uh, especially with, um, you know, Texas a and losing to Ole Miss, tiebreakers and all that kind of stuff now is a little bit. Alabama's pretty much a lock almost to be in that game. So, unless something really, really crazy happens. So, um, you know, I just think, and, and one thing I'll mention, Georgia plays Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech. Alabama finishes with Arkansas and at Auburn.
1: Yeah. That's, so. that's a factor, man. That is a, yeah. that's a factor. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to help Georgia win that game or not, but it's certainly not going to hurt them. Um, you know, I, I agree with you 100%, Rusty. There are some overarching kind of concepts that you can work on during those periods, you don't have to tell the players, hey, we're working on Alabama. You just say, hey, we got, you know, doing this, doing that. You know, another thing is, I mean, Georgia played Alabama last year. Georgia played Alabama the year before and the year before. Um, in some ways, when you go good on good, you're looking in a mirror. Uh, when you want to talk about how Alabama plays the run and the defensive front and the two-gap stuff and all that stuff, that stuff Alabama does. So I found it interesting. Well, not necessarily interesting, but, but I found it, uh, you know, my ears kind of perked up a little bit yesterday when Kirby talked about how they're doing more good on good this week than they have in previous weeks. That's how you prepare for Alabama. Just the, again, the more good on good, the the blocking schemes are not going to be all that entirely different. Uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff there that is very, very similar um, and, and, you know, again, like Rusty said, you can work on some concepts and stuff and during certain periods of practice and kind of get it ready. Going to answer one YouTube question, then get to the others on the other side of the break. Jay Evans, when you think Kendall Milton will be back? I think there's a very good shot of him being back next week. Um, he's, he's, he's back in action. He's back doing stuff. I think there's a good shot chance he's back next week. I would be very surprised if he's not available for the SEC championship game. And uh, that's, that's kind of where Kendall Milton is right now. And I think it'd be a shot in the arm for Georgia to get him back, even though, you know, with one less guy to kind of share carries with, they've had two 100-yard rushers in his absence uh, without having one previously. But I don't think they really care about that. They'd rather have uh, number two out there kind of helping bruise and wear down a defense, break tackles, things of that nature. Let's take a break. We'll be back on the other side to answer some more YouTube questions and make picks.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: Kroger fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. We're going to get into some more of these questions from the comments and, and our loyal listener, our loyal watcher, Brian Bivens. If, if, if Georgia misses on uh, Andre Green, who are they likely to go after Rusty? Is that what's going on with Evan Stewart? What are your thoughts on Evan Stewart and Georgia?
0: Well, I mean, Julian Humphrey, he's pretty close with him, you know, being from Texas, Houston area, both of them committed to Florida at one point. So, you know, those two guys have got a little bit of relationship. So what was a slim to slim to slim to none chance, um, you know, recently with Julian Humphrey coming in, that may help Georgia a little bit. We'll see where it goes. You know, again, you got to get him on campus again. Um, You know, so that, that guy's a five-star, I mean, I, I don't, I don't do all the national rankings go through that, but if there's a better wide receiver in the country than Evan Stewart, I have to see it. I mean, that guy is absolute freaky. Um, I know he's got 10 million followers on TikTok, whatever he's got. I know that's crazy too, but uh, you look at him, and that would be huge get for Georgia. I certainly think Andre Green ends up somewhere other than Georgia, um, and I think that was a couple of weeks ago I wrote that, uh, that Georgia definitely – I didn't think we we're going to land him. So we'll see. Um, I'm also kind of on the, you know, I think George is going to take a wide receiver in the portal. I think they'll have to find if they can find one, they think can help them like last year when they went and got a corner and Darian Kendrick, uh, I feel like George is going to go get a wide receiver this year if they can find one available.
1: Yeah. I think they'll also be in the market for maybe an outside linebacker in the portal edge rusher type guy, guy as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, Crystal Chrissy, uh, do you guys think that JT will come back for another year? Does he transfer like some people are saying? I mean, listen, Jake, I got a question. Yeah, can he transfer? Yeah, I believe so because his his waiver went through before the before the uh, new rule. rule was passed. You know, I don't know if there's anything retroactive that may prevent him from doing that. Do you?
0: I have no idea but somebody told me yesterday that they're not sure that he could transfer. So I'm 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 going to have to double check all that. I there
1: and go. and listen, there might be a graduate deal going on there too. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's been in school for a while. Yeah. Um and is a good student. So um listen, if if JT doesn't get the starting job back this year, um I would imagine so. I mean, I think that's a safe assumption. And that's all it is right now is an assumption, Assumption. Um, you know, because there's a tight circle there. And I'm not necessarily saying that that he's going to be a guy that will transfer, but it makes a lot of sense for him, for Georgia, for a lot of reasons. If he doesn't get the starting job back, it's just kind of what you would expect. So I would expect that, yeah, if he doesn't get the starting job back. And, you know, a lot of it depends on the transfer rules and whether or not he'd be able to be eligible right away uh 10 K Cal- calvino what about tyreek west taking a visit to F- florida state rusty it seems like the right handwriting on the wall there
0: yeah tyree uh i put across the ball in florida state yesterday this guy been committed to georgia for a while uh took his official visit a couple weeks ago and just you know one of the things I've, i just felt like he's gonna end up somewhere else i think in florida state seems to be that team that's recruiting him extremely hard i think he made the comment to. Uh, our Florida State site that he felt like he's the number one target for Florida State. He's the number one guy on their board. And um I put a crystal ball in yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised that's where he ends up.
1: Yeah, I would say the same thing. And um and a good player. Uh but you know sometimes these things don't work out as time goes on. Um, do we have any more questions? I don't believe we do. So Rusty, let's get to these picks, man. Now obviously the score is secondary here. I don't even know if there's a line um, there might be an offshore line somewhere. What kind of game do you see this Georgia Charleston Southern game being? And give me a player to game.
0: Um, you know, I don't the, the thing about it is Georgia can score probably as much as they want. Now, knowing what I've I've seen out of Kirby Smart, he wants as little of plays as possible because you want to get out of this game healthy. You don't want to get into a mess where it's a you know fourth quarter and you're throwing the ball around that type of thing. You want to cut the amount of plays uh, to decrease any type of injury. I do think they want to get some guys some work. Uh, you know, a game like this, Charleston Southern, you know, just can't really see them doing much. I would probably go uh, forty-five to three, and I think this is a game that you see you see Darnell Washington. Get 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 a few more touches down in the red zone, get him some points, get him, you know, get him in the record books a little bit on these scoring touchdowns, uh documented. So um, you know, I think he's a guy that needs to get implemented a little bit more. He's been on, you know, he had fought some injury off early in the year, but you know, you look at JT Daniels is gonna play uh, at some point this weekend. Carson Beck's gonna play some point this weekend. I think Brock Vandergrill plays on this weekend. Uh, you know, if, if I'm a guy, I know I'd look to a 6'8 target. You know, coming across the middle. So I think, darn it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go wild card here. I'll go forty five to three, and I'll go Darnell Washington gets gets a touchdown this game and and a couple of catches. That'll be his first career
1: touchdown for Darnell. Yeah. And there's been a catch, two catches every single week for him, yeah. but uh, but but not a ton of targets. And you know, yeah, that that would be something to keep an eye on um, there. You know, I I think George is gonna get into the fifties. Um, I I think Georgia is going to knock on the door of 60 because I also I I think this is going to be you go back to a UMass game in 2018 Mm -hmm. where, you know, Jake Fromm, I think, went five of five. Georgia jumped all over UMass and then Justin Fields played an absolute ton. I think Jake Fromm basically played a quarter. I think you'll see Stetson play probably at most 20 minutes in this game. J.T.'s going to get some time. Carson Beck's going to get some time. I'm sure they would love to give Brock Vinegariff a chance to come in and throw the football. I think Georgia's going to be on the attack, attack for a while in this game offensively. Um, get some guys some reps. They're going to be able to dress out more guys than they normally are able to dress out for, for an SEC game. So you're going to see some walk-on dudes getting an opportunity, guys like Malachi Muse and, and all those guys getting an opportunity to go out there and do some things. Uh, you know, I, I'm, tell you, I'm, I'm going to say Georgia's going to score 59. Mm. Um, I think Georgia's gonna score fifty-nine. I think, you know, I think I think Charleston Southern's gonna put together a few drives against Georgia's second team defense, third team defense, but be unable to get an end zone. I'm going say 59 to nine. And uh player of the game, I'm going Dejon Edwards. Mm. You know, I, I know a couple two or three weeks ago, I think it was Missouri, maybe, whenever I told uh, I told all of our college fantasy football owners, listen. If you need a running back, if you're in dire straits, pick up Dijon Edwards. I think he'll get you some points this week. I think Dijon Edwards is a good pickup for this week as well. I think he's a guy that might come in late in this game against an overmatched Colorado, Colorado state, mm. Charleston Southern. I'm th- I got CSU in my head my uh, against an overmatched uh, Charleston Southern team, maybe rack up a hundred yards rushing, maybe have a big day. So I like Dijon Edwards as uh, as player of the game. And, uh, Listen, we'll have you guys uh, covered after the game on Saturday. We'll talk to you a couple times next week. That's all we got for this episode. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 2470s Rusty Mansell from the same place, and y'all take it easy.
0: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.